we should be continually pointing ourselves and each other back to Christ because he is our source. That's where everything comes from is, is from him. And so we need to be realigning ourselves with Christ all the time. And Matt, uh, I think, helpfully pointed out that the way we do that is we look to the gospel first. So we look at what Christ did on our behalf, and then that shows us who, who he was, who Jesus was. And so we look through the gospel to Jesus. He did this with his hands, too, so it's helpful. I'm a visual person. So gospel, and then we look through that to Jesus, and then we look through Jesus's life on earth, and that shows us who the Father is. So we can learn about God by, by the gospel. And then the last thing that I thought was helpful that Matt talked about in that first one on source is thinking about Jesus as a person. So we are a group of people, right? But we're, we're a group of people that are all about the person of Jesus and that he has a personal relationship with us. And the way we relate to him is, is in a personal way. It's not... Um, when we pray, we're not praying to some lifeless entity. We are praying to a real person who, who really hears us and relates to us. Uh, Dan, in sermon number two on the church, talked about our, our identity. So who are we as a people? What gives us identity? And he uh, talked about um, our actions flow out of who Christ has made us based on what he, he did on our behalf. So um, Christ did all the work for us, and he made us into a people, and he gave us certain roles that Dan talked about. We're a family, we're messengers, we're saints, um, and we are those things. And based on Christ making us those things, there are certain things that we do now in light of who we are. And he had a very helpful sentence that kind of put it all into, into one sentence for identity, and that was, we are a family of saints who are ministers and messengers. So that was kind of Dan's main point, is we are a family of saints who are ministers and messengers. Okay, so that's a recap of where we have been so far. And I tell you that not just to catch you guys up, but because what I'm talking about today is the mission of the church. What do we do? As a, as a people... We haven't been redeemed to sit and do nothing. We've been redeemed and given a mission, something to accomplish, something to do. And what we do comes from who we are. And who we are comes from our source. And so those things are the context of everything that you're going to hear today. So everything you hear today needs to be viewed um, in light of what we've talked about in the past two weeks. Um, who we are in Christ and, and who God is, and how we relate to him. Uh, so, what do we do? That's, that's what I have been tasked with teaching everyone on today, is what do we do? And uh, the passage that we're going to read today is Romans 12, and we're going to read the whole thing. So, in, your, in the Bibles underneath the chairs, it's on page 947, if you want to turn there. And I would encourage you... Um, when we get done reading this, kind of leave your finger in there or stick your bulletin in there uh, and kind of just keep it open and maybe look at it from time to time and see if, see if these things line up. Because I'm not going to go through line by line, but hopefully you'll see that there are parallels with, with, with what is happening. So uh, Romans 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, 
to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, then in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches, in his teaching, the one who exhorts, in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word um, and the grace that we find in it, Lord. Thank you that you didn't leave us to ourselves, uh, but you gave us your word to instruct us and to teach us how to live, and you gave us Christ to show us um, how that works. Lord, I pray that we would all be receptive um, to what you have planned for today, Lord, and that, that we would grow in community with one another, Lord, but that we would, we would grow um, for the purposes that you've called us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the question, what do we do? Mission. We have a mission, right? And I think um, if we're studying the word, um, at least for me, there's one of two extremes I tend to go to. I look at these verses that just kind of encompass everything about the Christian life. And so you can search the Bible for like, what is our mission? And find something that really just kind of ties it all together. Okay, so I have an example of one of those. So, um, this. Um, and Jesus came to them and said, and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, so that is kind of a life-encompassing verse, right? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go and make disciples of everyone, 
and teach them everything that Jesus said. That is, a, I mean, true, right? We're supposed to do that, but that is, wow, that's a pretty big, pretty big calling. So my question is, it's a real question that I would like real answers to, um, what are some other verses in the Bible, some places where you have these, these verses, kind of like Christian mottos, you might see them like hanging on someone's wall in their house, um, or on a t-shirt or something, that this is what the Christian life is all about. Anybody have an example of a, of a passage of scripture that is like that? Okay, 1 Corinthians 4, can you, you want to give us a summary there, Marcus? But the love chapter, okay, how we love one another, sure. Anybody else? Janelle. There you go. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's something we're supposed to do. What else? Acts 1 8. Kind of similar to Great Commission. Take it everywhere, <laughs> right? Okay, what else? Anybody else? Love God, love others. Right. These are, these are helpful things. Okay. Anybody else? Last chance. Bible majors, get your crack in. See if you know it. Anybody? There you go. Okay. For I know the plans I have for you. Things that kind of just encompass our whole life. Right. I have a few more of them up there. Uh, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right. Um, and there's some more. Uh, Micah 6, 8. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. Um, and there, there's others. Galatians 2.20, maybe. You know, crucified with Christ. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. These are things that encompass our whole life, right? They, they take what we are and kind of boil it down to one sentence or two sentences and say, this is what we're about as Christians, and our whole life is, is geared towards this. And these are, these are great this is scripture, inspired word of God, and they are, they are truth, and they are fantastic. Um, they tend to kind of be all about, like, ourselves shrinking and exalting Christ, right? Making less of us, more of Christ, is what the gist of these are. And there's some really good things. Like I said, they're typically really God-focused. They kind of point us back to Christ, like Matt said in his sermon, like things that point us towards Christ and give us insight into that. They give us a really good vision for overall. This is what overall Christian life is supposed to look like. Uh, and again, great for kind of refocusing. There are some problems, though, with focusing too much only on these kind of verses. Okay, and don't, I'm not saying these are bad and that we shouldn't do these. I'm just saying if we only focus on these broad type of verses, we're going to get ourselves in some trouble because... Uh, like the Great Commission, go and make disciples of everyone and teach them everything that Jesus said, is uh, not very specific, right? How do we do that, right? Our mission is to do that thing, tell everyone everything that Jesus said, but like, so what's first? Or like, what does that look like? How do we, how do we accomplish that? So it's not very uh, helpful for making specific decisions. Um, it can, I think sometimes when you have uh, just a really broad thing, it can cause some inaction because we don't know what to do first, or we don't know what specifically to do. We just have this really big task, and if we only focus on those, we don't have any specific instruction. Uh, and a, an example of that is like if I say uh, with my life, I do all things to the glory of God, you know, and I should. I should do all things to the glory of God, but then if somebody asks me, great, can you give me some specific things that you do to the glory of God? and I don't have an answer for that, 
that's a problem, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing all things if I'm doing nothing for the glory of God. Uh, and a danger, I think, specifically for us and our church, Believer's Church, is uh, we uh, preach a lot. We need to be on mission with our daily life. Like these kind of verses, we are about missions. And we don't have programs. We don't have a lot of like uh, nights where we meet and do outreach as a collective body so that we can be on mission in our daily lives. And that's intentional. The problem is if we let that cause us to have a lack of urgency, right, and a lack of action. So if we just say, uh, my life is about missions, you know, uh, my whole life is about missions, I don't need to do extra things because I, I'm, my whole life's about missions, but you don't have any specific things that you're doing. You know, you're just letting, you're letting the world, the mission happen around you. You're not getting involved in it. Does that make sense? You can kind of trick yourself into saying, my whole life's about mission, except I don't have any specific mission activities that I'm doing. I'm not actively spreading, sharing the gospel. I'm just kind of pretending that I am. So I think that's a danger that we can, we can face if we only focus on this really, really broad view of, of the mission. Okay, so then we, we have the, the counterexample. So that's the broad view, and it's great. And we should have that view, but also we tend, I think we're a people of extremes, uh, we tend to really, really narrow in. Okay, so that's broad. I need some specific actions. So I'm going to look through the Bible, and I'm going to try and find some commands. I'm going to try and find what are some specific commands that the Bible says, this is what I need to do. This is what the people of God are about. They're doing these specific things. And so uh, there's a lot, and there's a, I have a few pointed out here. Um, the first one that most people probably would think of is the Ten Commandments. It's kind of the big, the big thing. Everybody knows the Ten Commandments, and there's ten of them. And I put them up there. You should not have other gods before me. Make for yourself carved images. Uh, take the name of the Lord in vain. Murder, commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, covet. And then you should do those things. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. All right, ten things. That's not too bad. I can do ten things. Ten things. Uh, but that's not the only ten things there are in the Bible. There are more specific actions, and so we also have the one another's. How do we relate to one another as Christians? And I think up there I have, I think there's 39 of those, and I don't have, I didn't type them all out because uh, that would be hard for you to read, but we have things like we're supposed to admonish one another, bear one another, be devoted to one another, build up one another, care for one another, comfort and encourage each other, confess, stir up one another, don't be consumed by one another. Corporately praise God. Don't envy, esteem, exhort, have fellowship, forbear, forgive, greet. Don't grumble, live in harmony, be hospitable, clothe yourself with humility. Don't judge, be kind, don't lie, love, minister and serve, be at peace. Don't be puffed up. Outdo one another in showing honor. Pray. Don't provoke one another. Welcome one another. Restore one another. Have the same mind with one another. Serve one another. Don't speak ill of one another. Submit to one another. Teach one another and be tenderhearted to one another. Okay, so that's stretching us a little bit more in terms of like specific things, right? We're, we're growing. And that's just like Ten Commandments plus with, within the Christian community how we relate to one another. Okay, those are specific commands. And maybe you could make a list and maybe you could kind of start to do that. But we haven't even talked about what Jesus says yet. And we have some things that Jesus says too. And that's 50, but I saw one list that said there were 147 commands of Jesus. I think there's some overlap there. Um, but those are some references. Most of those are in Matthew. Uh, 
or they overlap a little bit. But those are things like Jesus says, repent, don't let your heart be troubled, follow me, rejoice. I'm not going to read all of those, so don't, don't worry. Uh, a lot. And then there, I mean, Paul still has more things that are relating to how we work. Uh, so hopefully you see where I'm kind of headed with this. If we get too specific, there are too many things. Right? We, can't, we can't keep track of them all. We can, and I think we get into like box checking. So we have all these things. Did I do this one? Did I do this one? Did I do this one? Um, and we can get into like legalism. You know, we can think I need to do all of these things, and if I'm not specifically doing this one and this one and this one, I need to, I need to be about that because the Bible says that, and I need to, I need to do it, um, and focus more on the commands than than who commanded it and what what the the overall life. Uh, goal is. But there's some pros to those. They are specific and tangible, like with the one and others. You can think, okay, so what do I specifically need to do? I need to uh, live in harmony with one another. That's a specific thing, right? I can, I can, and there are even more specific ones. Confess to one another. That's a specific thing that, that we're supposed to do as a body. Part of the mission. Uh, the pros, they, they show kind of how we build up one another in the Christian community. They show how we minister to other people, um, specifically. And again, I'm using the word specific a lot, but they show in a really specific way how we relate to each other and the world and to God. In a very specific way, right? Points it out. Um, the cons, like I said, they can lead into works righteousness. It can get exhausting if you are continually reminding yourself, I need to do all of these things. I have this huge, overwhelming list of stuff I have to get done, I have to do for God to love me. You can think of it that way, and that's wrong. That's works righteousness, right? But you can get into that um, if you focus too much on the list and not enough on who you are in Christ. But even though that's a lot of stuff, that's not everything, right? It's an exhausting list, but it's not exhaustive. Uh, I mean, there's more things that you should do. Um, or like you can unpack those specific things even more. Like what does it mean to live in harmony with one another? And you can make another list off of that. Um, and when viewed out of context, those things can seem really man-centered. They can seem like all about us and not about Christ, or who we are in Christ, or what the mission is. And so those are some cons to that. And I think the danger for, for our church, for Believer's Church, comes with two different things. First, we tend to kind of be against legalism. That's a little bit of who we are, I think. Um, but I think sometimes we could push too far and say, like, we, we're not about doing this list, right? We're not going to do this list. We're focusing more on, like, overall life stuff. And I think sometimes... Keeping a list in mind is helpful because it tells you what obedience looks like, right? We don't want to focus too much on the list and make it all about the list, but having a to-do list, some, it makes you do things, right? And so um, I think sometimes a push against legalism, like I don't, I'm not going to do these things just to do them, uh, but I think sometimes you can push against obedience when you do that as well. Um, so that's a, a caution for us. And I think in terms of the one another's specifically, I think sometimes ignorance is bliss a little bit. Like, uh, so I could think, well, I get along with everybody at our church. Um, we can have a, a good conversation. It's probably going to happen on Sundays because that's you know the only time I see a lot of people. We don't fight, so you know we've got pretty good Christian community. We're we're we have unity. 
Uh, and that's because, like, I don't, like, if you don't know each other well enough to know the problems and know the things that are going wrong, you don't have unity. You're just ignorant to the problems, right? And so uh, a lot of the one another's are about digging into each other's lives and kind of getting the, that nasty stuff to come out so you can heal and redeem it for the glory of Christ. And if we, if we don't focus on those things, sometimes we can be ignorant to the problem and uh, just forget about it. And I think, that, I think that can be a problem because we get along and so we don't want to stir things up sometimes and uh, ask difficult questions and feel awkward because we get along and it's, it's, we have a good time. So we're, we're unified, right? So that's a danger, I think. I don't think uh, that has wreaked havoc in our Christian community, but I think it's something that we need to keep in mind. Okay, so we had the broad view. We had these, you know, kind of mission statement kind of things, broad, life-encompassing verses, and then we had the specific. And so we're going to try and find a little bit of balance here because this sermon is all about mission and actually doing things, so I'm trying to make it applicable to us. Uh, Finding balance. And so we're going to kind of hang this all on what Dan said last week about um, what our identity is, because what we do flows out of who we are. And so our identity that Dan said is we are a family of saints who are ministers and messengers. We're a family of saints who are ministers and messengers. And so we're just going to take a little time to think about those four roles and what they are. So another real question what are some things that a family does? Families do things, right? What do they do? They eat together. Families eat together. Yes, they do. Hopefully, anyway, right? What else? They have conflict sometimes. Absolutely. They pray together. They should, right? Anything else? Discipline. Yeah, I didn't have that one, but that's true. Uh, Anything else? Spend time together. Yeah. Uh, I have, and those are good. I have spend time together, eat together, celebrate together. Right? Families do fun things together too, and they love each other. Uh, what about saints? Might be helpful to think about what a saint is. Quiz, pop quiz. Dan said last week what a saint is. Does anybody remember? Dan, do you remember? He doesn't remember. Uh, kind of the holy ones, set apart for God, right? Saints are people who are set, set apart for God. Um, and kind of the idea is we're dead to ourselves and alive in Christ. Right? Our lives are not, not our own anymore. They're dedicated to Christ. Uh, what about ministers? The word minister. Service, Absolutely. Teach, yeah. Teach, service. Anything else? Care. Care. Comforters. Uh, Sacrifice sometimes for those things. Counsel, humility, okay, serving people. Uh, And then the last one, messengers. A messenger, obviously, we have a message, and we're speaking specifically the message of the gospel. And I think both to unbelievers and to believers. So we're speaking the, the message of the gospel to, to unbelievers and to believers alike. So those are our four things. 
And I'll tell you, if I was sitting out there listening to this, my brain is sitting there thinking, how am I doing on those four things? It's like, how am I doing as like with family and that role as family? How am I doing? How am I doing with uh, being a saint? How am I doing with uh, ministry? And I can think of specific things maybe that I've done or maybe things where I've dropped the ball. How am I doing as a messenger? How am I doing about speaking the gospel and the truth of Christ to the lost people around me and to the believers that I'm in community with? How am I doing at that? And I think there's a a pretty serious problem with that, and I definitely would be doing that if I was sitting there uh, where you guys are, because this series and this message and these passages are not about you, like individually. They're about you collectively and us collectively as a body of Christ. So the question is not, how am I doing on these things? The question should be more like, how are we doing on these things? How are we doing at being a family? And Dan talked about that quite a bit last week. How are we doing as saints? How are we doing? And there is some individualism there, but how, how can I help us to grow in that? Because you, I mean, you are individuals, and you do play a part in things, but these are collective things. How are we doing? How can I help us? And the problem with thinking that way is that when you go from plural, the church, to singular, me and you, we fundamentally change the thing that we're talking about. Right? When you talk about a collective, and when you talk to a group of collective people, you talk to them differently than you talk to an individual person. And uh, insert sports metaphor. Here we go. Uh, Okay, so I'm coaching a basketball team, let's say, and I say something like, our perimeter defense is terrible. If we can't stop their three-point shooters, we don't have a chance. We're going to lose the game. So I say that to my team. If we can't stop the three-point shooters, the guys on the outside, uh, we don't have a chance. And that, that might be totally true. And so then the next time down the court... All of the big guys, all my post players who are supposed to be packed in on the inside protecting the basket, they start flying out and they're guarding these guys on the three-point line because coach said, we've got to stop the guys on the perimeter. The problem is they're leaving the middle wide open and then they get easy, easy baskets. Uh, and what, what that's saying is we all have different roles and things that we're supposed to do, right? If... Uh, Really what those guys should do is they should talk, or maybe, maybe help out, maybe make sure they have the inside covered so the, the perimeter guys don't have to help in the inside. Um, and w- what the church, what that looks like is, um, if you hear an individual, like if, I'm, if you feel called out as an individual, the problem may or may not be with you as an individual. It might be as a group. You might need to coach someone in that area and not like feel like you need to do more. Like maybe you do a good job of involving other people in your life and being a family member. Maybe you have a a ministry that you're working on and what you need to do, rather than do more different things and feel like you're not doing enough ministry, maybe you need to bring other believers in with you, right? So we all have different roles, strengths, weaknesses, uh, jobs to do that we need to, to think more collectively as a body. 
How do we, how do we accomplish these things? Um, we are not a band of mercenary saints who are ministers and messengers, right? We're not all going out separately trying to do the mission and then coming back and talking about that. We, we should go together and do things, right? Maybe in small groups, but I don't think individually. I don't think ones, I don't think that's what we see in the New Testament. Uh, so I think what wisdom looks like in that area is um, me knowing my strengths and weaknesses, being honest with myself, not thinking of myself more highly than I ought, and saying, I'm, I do this okay, I'm going to bring in maybe somebody who struggles with that and do ministry with them so they can learn and I can, I can disciple them and grow them in that area, and then knowing the areas where I'm weak and maybe inviting myself in with someone who I know that's a strength of theirs and like doing ministry with them and growing in that area. Uh, I think we're supposed to work together to accomplish the whole mission together, not work individually and kind of piece the puzzle together later, right? I think we're supposed to kind of pool our resources that God's given us. So that's the first thing. If we try and think too individually on something that God has given the church to do, and again, you have an individual role in that. I'm not saying that you can't do anything on your own. I'm just saying it's a, it's a church thing. It's all together, and we need to think about it that way. The second problem, if I'm listening to this sermon, is we try and compartmentalize. So even if you're thinking collective, collectively, we try and think about, okay, uh, what time am I, are, are we spending or am I spending uh, being a saint. Okay, so from this time to this time during the week, I did these things, and that's, that kind of fits into that saint box. And, you know, I had, you know, maybe I hung out with the, the Freemans one day, and so that's kind of family. I invited them over, so that fits into that box. Uh, or other things. So we're taking these, these different categories, however many you put on them, and we're trying to compartmentalize our life and think about how we check these different boxes off. Uh, and I have kind of a ridiculous example, but I think, I think it works. Um, so it's like, well, so I have this discipleship time, I have this fellowship time, this is the time when I work on my spiritual disciplines, maybe I fast and pray and things. Um, I worship on Sundays always, I'm a pretty good person, so maybe that counts as service, I don't know. And then like, I'm ready to share the gospel if somebody asks me. Right, so I have these boxes that I'm, I'm ready to do this thing. And the problem is, I don't I don't think that that works. I think we get over, overwhelmed. That's kind of like the checking the boxes with a million different commands. Right? We have these different roles, and we feel like we have to do those things. Uh, so my question is, uh, what would happen if we let all those categories, four categories, or sometimes you'll find six or whatever, our roles that we have as Christians, and today we're kind of talking about saints, family, ministers, messengers. What if we let those four categories just smash together? So family, saint, ministers, and messengers. What if we let those just kind of smash together and take over our whole life? And, and kind of the other parallel is, what if we let those life-encompassing verses, the whole life, what it looks like, uh, and then the specific commands 
What if we let those like work together and rule our life and let Christ actually sit on the throne of our life with our actions? What if we actively and specifically made plans to redeem the world around us? I'm going to say that again. What if we actively and specifically made plans to redeem the world around us? What would that look like? Um, I think it could look like a ton of different things. And these are just kind of trying to help you wrap your mind around maybe some ideas. Uh, I know one, one problem with me is that I don't think I don't do well is make plans, like future plans for sharing the gospel. I kind of like try and maybe put myself in a place where that could happen, but not actually like make a plan. Like I'm going to do these things and these things and these things so that I can share the gospel with this person. So I'm going to kind of run through a little bit of a scenario that maybe could work. Uh, so what would it look like if we let all those roles, saint, family of saints who are ministers and messengers, what if we wrapped our whole life up and could do that all at once rather than compartmentalizing and doing, doing them separate? So here's kind of an idea. Um, I think you have to be involved in your community. You have to be involved in the people's lives around you if you're going to share the gospel with them. So w- places you could do that. What are places where people are? You know, places where lost people are and Christians could go. So I know um, you could be involved in your kids' activities. Youth soccer coach. Jason and Dan are kind of team coaching a youth soccer team. There are people there, right? So that's you're involved in the community. You could be a volunteer at a school. Uh, you could sign up for something in the community, a sports team, mud volleyball, sand volleyball, uh, gardening, there's like a community garden, going somewhere where people are. Um, it's probably something you know, something you like, and something that both believers and non-believers can be a part of. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be something you sign up for. If your neighbors are out and about all the time in your neighborhood, maybe just be out and about in your neighborhood, like be around them. I think another important aspect is you need to invite other believers to be there and do that with you. Maybe it's your whole community group, or maybe it's part of your community group. Maybe it's just another guy, or if you're a lady, another lady. Or couples, you know, like two couples going to do something. Um, And being consistent with that, and praying with the other believers that you've invited to do this thing with you, or be in this place with you, for the people that you're going to be around. So maybe I'm going to just go with the soccer thing. So maybe you are going to be your kid's soccer coach. And there are going to be parents who are not believers. So you invite another uh, family to say, hey, will you sign up with soccer so that we can maybe share the gospel with the other parents in this soccer team? And they come and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you believe that the God of the universe is hearing your prayer and wants to redeem this world like he says he's going to, and you pray for the people that you're going to come in contact with. And you make a plan to, to share the gospel with them. You engage the unbelievers. Be friendly. Talk to them. Invite them over. Make future plans to do stuff. Go out to eat. Whatever. And then I think, 
another area where I struggle is speak the gospel to believers and unbelievers like routinely. Don't, uh, don't let fantasy football and uh, TV shows and movies and the books that you're reading, even if they're good books, uh, outweigh sharing the gospel or, or speaking the truth about who God is. And I think what really spoke to me with the passage I read earlier is we're supposed to be a living sacrifice, and it goes and says that that's our spiritual worship, uh, and not to be conformed to the image of this world. Don't do what the world does and only talk about frivolous things, but be uh, renewed by the transform, or transformed by the renewing of your mind. So our mind should think about the gospel, and, and so if we're, we're here at this soccer game, whatever, and I'm coaching, I have these other believers here with me that I'm comfortable with, I have these non-believers that are friends, we're all hanging out together, and I'm talking with these believers about the gospel and areas where uh, the Lord's teaching me and growing me, and these non-believers, are, they're there hearing that, and they get comfortable and used to hearing about the gospel. Maybe they engage, maybe we engage them, but I'm discipling here, we're growing in Christian community, Non-believers are around. We can engage them with the gospel together. They can see how we relate together. And, uh, I mean, they'll know us by our love. If, if I'm by myself, they're not going to see me love other believers, right? So um, I can talk to them. I can share the gospel with them. And we're doing all of these things together. Okay, I'm a family. I'm bringing other believers along with me. I'm spending time with them. Um, we're saints. We are redeeming these things in the community and in our world for the gospel, we're serving, we're doing things, uh, and we're messengers. Right? We can do all the good stuff and serve and have fun, but if we don't share the gospel, it's all for naught. Uh, so the idea here is not planning an event. The mission of the church is not planning an event where we can get people to show up and have someone share the gospel with them. That's, I don't think that's what it is. That could be part of it, and we could have an event, and we could share the gospel with them, and that could be a really good thing. But the idea, and I think the mission of the church, what we are to be about as a people, is that with other believers, so together, as a family, we make plans, specific things, specific tasks, specific activities that we're going to be involved in, to engage the people where we are, engage the people of our city with the gospel. And we do it in a way that they can hear it. Okay, Because you can engage people with the gospel and they're not going to hear it. You know, I could, I could walk around with a big sign and a bullhorn downtown and I'm engaging them all right, but they're not hearing it. right? So engaging the people in our community with the gospel in a way that they can hear it and actively redeem the world around them. So like we're taking youth soccer... And we're turning that into a tool to share the gospel. That's redeemed. We're taking a, a secular thing, maybe even a frivolous thing, kids kicking a ball, or if you've seen my daughter play soccer, stand in the corner and the ball bounces off her sometimes. But we're taking this frivolous thing, and we are redeeming it for the kingdom of God. And other people are going to see that. right? We're redeeming things for his kingdom. So as we close, I have, I have four questions for you to kind of ask yourself. In what ways have I been complacent 
in the mission of the church, kind of waiting for the world to be redeemed around me. So in what ways have you been complacent to the mission? Maybe you know what it is. It's kind of these broad, the broad categories. You know what the mission is. Um, I'm crucified with Christ, and it's, it's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Great, I know that. How have I been complacent in that and just kind of letting things happen around me? The next question, in what ways have I ignored the direct commands the Bible gives about relating to the body of Christ or to the, the people around us? So kind of, I know the commands, I know the specific commands, but maybe I, I don't want to be awkward or, or uh, I have been disobedient because I didn't want to have a difficult conversation, something like that. Next question, how could I bring other believers into the ministry I'm currently involved in? So something I'm doing, maybe by myself, how could I bring other believers into that and grow them and show them how ministry works so that they can go out and do it themselves? Or, if you're not involved in a ministry, how could I get involved in a ministry that somebody else is doing? How could I kind of tack on and learn from somebody who is actively doing ministry and grow in that? And my fourth question is, how could, we, how could we live a more unified and purposeful life together for the glory of Christ? So how could we, how could we grow in, in the purpose, in the mission of sharing the gospel? Because I think if we, if we did boil the mission of the church down to one verse or one passage, it would be, I think it would be Matthew 28, what Jesus said. We're, gonna, we're supposed to go and tell the world about Jesus and the things that he taught. So how can we do that together? How could we grow in that, in unity and in, in purpose? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Romans 12 again. I'm going to read the same passage again. Uh, and then Sean's going to come up and introduce the Lord's Supper. But I just I want you to check this, the things that I said. Against what, oh, against what the Bible says. And this is one passage. Some of, some of the stuff came from other places. But, but examine your heart and think about us as a body, a church, a group of people, not as individual Christians in individual boxes. But like, how do we accomplish the mission of God together? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity." the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. But do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.